you know, something, I don't know about race car events. I've never been to one, but gentlemen and woman, start your engines. Brah. And, and here then, we go. Yeah. And then we, yes. And Frenchie says, let's go. She was, she, you were reading my mind. You were reading my mind. So thank you for that. Yes. I was like, I, I, I was, I was thinking in the context of events and, you know, welcome to the big event. And that's, that's what tonight's about. Hey, Jason, Jason Rodriguez joining us and uh, good to see him. Good to see everybody. Thanks so much. Please do share this out. We have a terrific guest tonight. We're going to talk all about live streaming from events, um, yes. how you can do it with just the basic equipment that you have, a laptop, your Live subscription, perhaps a microphone or a mixer or an interface, perhaps a webcam. Perhaps. But that's, you know, not you're not bringing a crew in. You're not getting special mm -hmm. phone lines. You're not using a hardware <laughs> encoder. What's a phone line? Stuff. Yeah, what is a phone what line? What is that? That's like dial-up days, man. <laughs> Way to go retro on me. Yeah. We were talking about that today on Twitter about... Like, uh, I think someone was using uh, Internet Explorer and I was like, well, hang on. I have to dial in with my AOL mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be right there. And then we were talking about Netscape. And do you guys remember, does anyone watching this remember them good old days when we did not have Wi-Fi and there was there were legit phone lines to do anything? Mm -hmm. That was crazy. <laughs> I, I remember in, in radio, whenever we would do a sporting event, we had to find out, do they have a phone line? Can we yep. get a special line put in that we can do the game on and all this stuff? <laughs> right. I and now, that, yeah, uh, now it's just like, okay, I'm live on my phone with somebody from around the world. <laughs> well, I, can I take a quick poll? I, and I know we're talking a little about this is about tech. It totally is relevant because it is talking about like events and stuff. Um, Y'all, do you guys remember, like, does anyone here actually still have a landline? And if you do, say in the comments, be like, yeah, I got a landline. If you don't have one, tell us that too. You know, we have a landline and it's really just so that our kids can, you know, we don't have smartphones for them because they're young. Mm -hmm. So they can just pick it up and call us. But that's the legit only reason we have a landline. That's it. Do you have a landline? I do, but I, I unfortunately, I don't use it really. I mean, it just sits there plugged in. I don't know why I even have it. Up, oh, Gail's got a landline. Okay. But I always like talking on a landline better than a cell phone. Well, it's a good fallback. I mean, I, I have had, uh, our house has been, there have been moments where it's like kind of been in the vortex of despair where there's like no coverage. And so I've had to like fall back to that to say, well, I actually need to hear what somebody's saying and that's fine. But mm -hmm. um, but I swear I've got five messages sitting on the voicemail on that, that phone and they're all solicitors. So... Uh -huh. Really, just not the not the, not a reason I would have it. Uh, Mike, Mike Swaim says he has one for when the power goes out. That's legit. That's good. That's smart. Yeah, you know. But yeah, th but speaking of that, so you guys used to have to make sure there were phone lines in order to be at an event and like do a remote. Yeah, yeah. You really, be, we used something. I think it was called a convex machine or something, and it sent a special signal down phone lines like these special phone lines or something I, I i don't know the technical side of it but i knew it was always a big deal to pay for phone lines like yeah when we did a game from somewhere and if there weren't wasn't possible to get a phone line or whatever that would impact like which which away games we would do and things like that <laughs> well i i just saw jason said too which i did see i saw someone post an image of this where so two women were trying to take a selfie with a handset <laughs> like from a phone and it was like 
I see what you did there. But it's like those BuzzFeeds or those articles you see where people are like, you know, 20 years ago, floppy disks were a thing. And, you know, people are like, what is that? What was a floppy disk? And, oh, I'm old enough to be like, oh, thank, thank God I don't even have to worry about those anymore. And it's crazy. But <laughs> we're now in today's time and age where uh, everybody is an event live streamer if they want to be right. I mean, you've got a smartphone, you've got a way to, to cover that event y'all. Yeah. And all the, I mean, all the documents you would need and everything is stored in the cloud. So it's not even mm -hmm. like you, you know, you used to have to print out tons of information and do all these charts and stuff. Uh... Now it's like, Oh, I can get it all on my phone from a <laughs> Google doc or whatever. <laughs> The only thing is the cloud's a little iffy if it starts to rain or the weather. Yeah. No, actually, no, that's not how it works. They it? should make like little umbrellas for your phone. Like just be kind of like little, little attached to the top little umbrella back then. And just, <laughs> yeah, that would be nice to have. Um, but yeah, rain's hard, but shoot, everybody, as long as you've got a Wi-Fi signal on that charged up cell phone or smartphone, excuse me, um, you can pretty much cover anything you want. So it's pretty crazy now and nowadays how everybody is almost like their own journalist, um, yeah. you know, and, and adding to the noise and adding to the feed. But that said, not everybody does not everybody does it well. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're talking about tonight, right? Is just how to actually intentionally and with quality mm -hmm. cover live events when you are remote with that cell phone or smartphone. I need to stop that. Or with a laptop, you know, if you want to you produce can do something, a you can do that too. And I mean, even though all these events have Wi-Fi, um, it's often not great, right? It's often if you're in a hotel or a convention center or a conference center or whatever, the Wi-Fi, first of all, there's a lot of competition for the bandwidth, right? Yeah, because there is. Everybody's going live and posting to Instagram and tweeting and, and, and just constantly on their phones right but then but then um like the event may have a special wi-fi or something and you get all excited like on day two when they give the regular people the <laughs> the code right and then you realize that isn't that good either because everybody's on it right yeah, exactly. or like you go to like a, an expo you know in a convention center and all the the uh, exhibitors and vendors have their booth wi-fi but you're just trying to scramble like where can i get it and it's all about where you are where you're standing uh, and mm -hmm. trying to get that but that's that's true man there are pains around trying to do it and making it happen you know i think you um uh, you actually are really proficient at, at doing events and live streaming i mean you take hot spots and you make sure you have all that equipment um and Ross, let's just shout you out a little bit. I mean, you've done quite a bit of event live streaming in, you know, as your experience in repertoire shows. Yeah, well, so I'm really good at it. it. I, the, when, when I'm doing stuff with Live You, like live, having the Live You solo is amazing because it it's bonds like multiple cellular connections and you can mm -hmm. pretty much go live from anywhere and have a have a connection. Um, but we're going to we're going to talk about when when you don't have that. Right. And you yeah. have. You have your computer, you have your laptop, you have your phone, and again, a few other things, a microphone, maybe a mixer, some just a small setup, and you want to go live and you want to do a broadcast, and, and Wi-Fi, and even cell reception is a big deal, because oftentimes mm -hmm. the places where the Wi-Fi isn't good... The cell reception isn't that good either. <laughs> right. You know, it's nice to have both to kind of back each other up. But uh, I, I, I want to give a shout out too to my friend Mia Voss. Uh, she oftentimes really creates partnerships out where she's out and about so that she at least can have, 
if she's doing a remote, you know, she's doing a live stream, she has a partnership there or, or someone there that'd be like, Hey, I'm doing this from your place. We actually did one uh, right. back in May when we were in New Orleans uh, from a hotel that she partnered with. So we were able to get on their Wi-Fi with mm-hmm. a laptop. And, and, you know, granted that's not as mobile. It doesn't, you know, you've got to cart some stuff around, but you know, that's, if you want to do a good show, that's what you got to do is get there. You know, it's funny. I, I, the day before social media week, Lima, um, before the event, I, we both, me and I went over to the, uh, event center just to sort of check it out and see what, what we're going to be getting into the next day, what the, <laughs> what the facility's like and, and, and stuff like that. And, I'm there like setting up gear and doing one thing after another. And like, you know, oh, do I have the wire? Oh, I got to go back and get the wire for this. Oh, I gotta get- <laughs> Meanwhile, Mia has uh, her cell phone propped up on a Butterfingers and she's live. <laughs> and, and that night, like I went back, I watched it. And she's making fun of me the whole time. Oh, God, like all this different gear. And she's like, I looked at it the other day and it looked fantastic. You know, I lo- right? it looked fantastic. And I'm like, Wow. Why it's, am I putting in all this effort? Tools that we have, right? And right. and because the because the bandwidth was good, I mean, she did a great a great right. live stream for about a half hour. Right. Well, and let's talk I mean, we'll talk about that tonight too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get away with without using all the tech and tools, but you do need to know what you're about. You need to know how to do it. Um, you know, not everybody can just hop right in and start live streaming and, and make it seem very polished or like they're comfortable or, you know, just be able to manage that rather unknown environment. That That is right. kind of an acquired, can be an acquired talent. Some people are born with it. I'm not. I had, I'm, I'm working on that thing all the time. So uh, it really is. But that that's one component of it, is the human factor. And I really do hope that our guest tonight, which I'm very excited about, uh, that he's going to touch on that a little bit too, t- you know, not just saying it's about tools, but it's mm-hmm. about the talent and and making sure that that shines through. And there's a lot of little things that go into it too, where you position yourself and mm-hmm. and what you do ahead of time to prepare for what could go wrong or what 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 do you need? And you know, the bandwidth is obviously a huge part of it. But mm-hmm. why don't we go ahead and bring up uh, Jim Collison as our guest today? All uh, right. Super excited to have him on. He's been he's known primarily. I think he's known as a podcaster within the online broadcasting community. But he's been live streaming before. Probably most people here have been live streaming and he mm-hmm. does all his podcasts live. So he does wow. live video of all his podcasts when he records them. Uh, he's done 300 some episodes of Home Gadget Geeks. He's done 200 plus episodes of Ask the Podcast Coach. Uh, he runs the Average TV uh, podcast and live video network. Uh, you can watch his shows either in video or listen as a podcast. You can watch them live or you can listen to them live. And he's also been a pioneer in bringing podcasting and live streaming within the enterprise going mm. all the way back to 2012 at Gallup where he works and he 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 brought that there and now it's a, a major part of 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 what they do and uh, he can talk a little bit more about it but we're thrilled to have uh, somebody I consider one of the most important people in the world of podcasting and online broadcasting. And Jim is super humble, but it's really the <laughs> you I add in all the people great. that he's helped over the years and all the shows he's done. And mm-hmm. um, it's really amazing stuff. Jim, welcome. And it's great to have you on Best of Be Live. 
Ross and Rachel. Thanks for having me on. I was trying to contact you on ICQ earlier. Oh my gosh. I couldn't, I couldn't get through. So I, I tried to send you, I, you know, I tried to send you a photo as well. <laughs> This just wouldn't make it across. Oh my wire. god, I love that. That is so. see the nostalgia just makes you realize how much all this technology is so cool nowadays. I know. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be here. Thank yeah, you. it's great to have you on. So, um, as you heard, uh, we were talking about kind of you know you call your network the average guy network, the average guy TV, and really we're looking at what the average person can do. Right? Mm-hmm. They they don't have a truck and a satellite and they don't have hardware encoders and you know a crew and all that so they're coming with their laptop and a cell phone and you know maybe a couple mics maybe they've got a mixer an interface or they plug in usb and a webcam and they want to do a live stream from an event with your basic your basic setup how, how do you even get started in assessing is that realistic at the event <laughs> Yeah, and we've done this. I think I've probably done this ten or or twelve times at at conferences where we contact. You know, we partnered with the conference and said, "Hey, we'd like to be your bonus content for what you're doing." You know, and and they're tech conferences, so that kind of helps. Right? They kind of get that, and it gives us a nice avenue. We get a booth and a table, and and we'll talk about equipment a little bit here, um, a little bit later. But it was a good excuse to be doing something at these conferences. Typically, you know, we were there recruiting and I, uh, you know, part of my job at Gallup is to do technology recruiting. And I I also did podcasting. So I want to do something different. I'm like, Hey, let's interview the keynotes and session leaders. And they, no one says no to that. (laughs) They don't, you, you, you know, I'd get emails the weekend before the, you know, the conference would be like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe. And I get the emails like Friday afternoon from the event guys because they're always behind, right? right. <laughs> they're always behind. And I would send emails Friday evening at nine. And by 10 o'clock, I was getting, yes, I'll speak. Yes, I'll speak. Yes. Right? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was, it's just crazy. No, Almost no one says no to that. Mm-hmm. Ross, you, your concern, you brought this up a couple times, you know, bandwidth is key. Like you can't polish a turd. If the bandwidth's not there, you're going to really struggle. You can, and if you want to do it live, like you're going to really, really struggle. One of the the tricks or one of the the very minimum requirements is we always met with the conference, uh, you know, the conference leaders in advance and said, you've got to be able to support us with wired, a wired connection. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's been a long time since someone went, no, we can't do that. I mean, it, it's pretty much a must. Yeah. And they've even gotten so good. We've done a couple of these conferences now. They, they just provide it for me. Like I show up at the booth and there's a wire run ready to wow. go. Right. Nice. And you just, nobody else is getting that, but we've done these conferences for three or four years now. And so wire connections are really key. I think the rest of the equipment, you can kind of mix and match. Mm-hmm. And so you don't, but, but if you're going to do this, unless you can guarantee you've got a really good cell connection. And you mentioned this at the top of the show. Man, you get a couple hundred people in a conference center trying to use the Wi-Fi. And, you know, it depends on if it's a tech conference. you got mm-hmm. everybody's got eight different devices. They're connected. They don't need that, but they're right, connecting right. eight different devices, right? So you can't, you cannot, you definitely on video, you cannot. And, and Wi-Fi wasn't built for video, by the way. It was, right. it's really not a video standard. It bu- Video buffering doesn't work very well. You should never, even in your home network, you should never be doing your video across Wi-Fi. It should be, always be wired mm-hmm. as, as 
you know, as much as it's humanly possible to get it, to get it wired, get it wired. At Gallup, we require our guests to have a wired connection. Mm-hmm. So we have a, we do a tech call with them in advance and we say, okay, how do we get you wired? It just guarantees, you know, so much more success when we get it done. So I think step number one, if you're going to do these kinds of things live, if you can get it wired, great. If you can't, um, Rachel, I think you mentioned this earlier. You got to get out to the facility and test it yep. early, early, early. Like get out there, see what it's like. See mm-hmm. if your see if your um, your provider could can provide service right. for you. And if your phone's not good enough, sometimes you can buy a hotspot, right? And, yeah. and get a hotspot that you can come off of. Oftentimes, those hotspots are optimized f- just for that. Right. They're not a right. phone. They're not trying to do it. They're not trying to give you Facebook. They're just trying to all they're trying to do is get you service in a, in a connection. And so if that's if you just can't get wired, you might want to look at picking up. If you're going to buy anything, pick up one of those hotspots and pay for it. A lot of phones. My iPhone 8 Plus now has a pretty robust uh, hotspot availability in it. Nice. Switches over to data and does a pretty good job. So. This is, it's another situation. You got to make sure you have the right data plans in mm-hmm. place and you know what your data plans are. Cause in a day you could suck down some serious data. Right? So true. Yeah. So um, get out there and test it. If you're going to be on your network, you want to make sure you don't get there. And all of a sudden it's 3G. Oh right, my gosh. Right. And that's seen the that thing that a lot of the times where Wi-Fi is an issue, mobile can be an issue as mm-hmm. well in those venues. And particularly if it's in New York City or in Los right. Angeles downtown or whatever. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's hard enough to get a clear signal walking down the street, let alone uh, for for video. Um and so what I'm hearing, Jim, is that it's important if you can to work with the event, right? Totally, because totally. If you can't work with the event, how doable is this? Well, if you can't work with the event and you've gone down there and you you don't have a good connection, I, I'm going to say don't don't do it because right. you're just going to get super frustrated. And you know, a lot of you're going to let your your listeners know or your your viewers, you're going to let them know, hey, I'm going to be doing this event. And they're going to get all excited, and then you get there and it's going to be, hey, you know, and you're like, ah, oh. and they you know they'll listen to that for about seven seconds and then they're never coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just, Ross, I'm not a big fan of forcing those, you know, those kinds of things to happen uh, if you're going to do it that way. I find this, right? When I'm live at a conference, the live aspect of it's more of a gimmick than it is actual people coming in. It's during the middle of the day, you know, people are at work. It's right. It's not a normal, we do. I mean, we do, we do our webcast during the middle of the day, Mm Gallup, the ones I schedule, but they're every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern or they're mm-hmm. every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We have built that into times into people's schedule. You'll have a harder time getting people live um, just spur of the moment or even at a conference unless, right. you know, it depends on the content. Yeah. Unless so, it's like trending or something is like, oh my gosh, I, I need to get eyeballs there because it's a really big deal. Yeah. Typically conferences aren't Trending. In which case you're probably competing with NBC and CBS <laughs> and ABC for the interview. Yeah. Well, and this is guys, this is what I have found is when I started doing this five or six years ago, we were the news outlets, like mm-hmm. we were showing up places and the networks had not caught up, but I don't know, lately in the last year, ABC, CBS, NBC, they all have gotten it right. They have yep. all figured out like, Hey, um, this is this is our, this is our business. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to be that outlet anymore. Right. I, so 
I'm not doing trending news anymore just because chances are if it's trending, somebody else is there doing it, right? Right. So if you can't work with the the event, you can't get, you know, a wired connection or, you know, you don't have that powerful hotspot and the data to back it up and to go, you might be better off just saying, why don't we set up to really record a nice video mm -hmm. and then go ahead 10 minutes later and upload it or whatever totally. you get a free yeah, no, moment and right on. Yeah, you can you could do it. You could do the recorded version of it. Mm -hmm. And that's just as easy. It's like a lot of the same steps you're going to go through to go live. You're just going to record that and then and then mix it. It Ross in that case, like I'm I'm actually more inclined if I'm going to spend that time recording it, then I'm going to maybe wait the extra hour or two or three it takes me to edit that later or whatever right, or even right. that evening Very and smart. just mix it up really nice. You know, there's live is bad enough as it is. You don't need a recorded live. <laughs> You know, uh, right. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of like, Hey, we're there that day. Again, I think the sensitivity to live has gone down a little bit where, mm -hmm. you know, four or five years ago, it was so cool that we could do all these things. And I think the sensitivity to that, it, okay, it's kind of cool, but I think people are looking for more quality than they mm -hmm. have in the past. And so I think you want to spend, if you can't go live, you want to spend that extra time, at least getting that quality. Agreed. That makes total sense. Um, I was going to say something, too, about when you are going to a live event. I ran into this. Uh, we did media coverage at Denver Comic-Con. Um, I lost Rachel, by the way. You lost me? Oh, let me hop out. I, I can hear you, Rachel. Um, you know what? You I go ahead. I'll hop out and I'll ask I'll a hop question. Out. So um, let me think. What did I want to ask while Rachel hops out and comes back in? We're talking with Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. This is the best of Be Live every Tuesday night. 8 p.m. That's what we call 8 p.m. Eastern. That's what we call a reset in radio. <laughs> nice, nicely done. Nice to be done. Ask me about equipment. Rachel's back. And so, yes, excellent. Excellent. Um, I'll let Rachel uh, go with the question. Maybe you can hear. Oh, cool. Okay. Can you? Okay, good. We're all good. Sometimes we should put that down. Just need to refresh. It happens. It happens. That's right. Yeah. So we were doing a co media coverage at Denver Comic-Con uh, in June, and we got there. We were allowed to get there early through the media entrance before uh, a lot any of the public had hit the floor. Um, and it was great. I did a live stream right then. You kind of just showing here's here's what it's you know where you come in, where you go. You should check out these booths. Um, then you fast forward four hours to when it was inundated. There was no live streaming at that point. So that's something to consider too. As much testing as I could do in that space before the public's there, you kind of need to know, well, how much foot tra traffic are we talking about? Because everybody else is going to be probably not even live streaming, but just using their phone to like text people to share on Instagram or Snapchat. And uh, that can impact your bandwidth as well uh, to just keep that in mind. Because otherwise you'd be like, oh, it was great. I tested this morning at 7 a.m. And then at 1 p.m. you're like, oh, what happened? Because everybody else is on that signal. So yeah. well, one of the, you can consider going audio only in those mm -hmm. heavy. I mean, if you, if you just want to get the traffic, if you just want to connect with your listeners, if it's that important, you could, and because you know, the, the audio stream is about one tenth or one twentieth of what it takes to do video. And so you can punch out audio only even under some of the worst bandwidth uh, mm -hmm. uh, situations. And so if, if it's that kind of situation where you just got to do it, you know, fire up a Mixler or fire up a Spreaker or fire up one of those audio-only services and, and provide it that way. It's another way to do it. All right, Ross, you're on. What do you got? 
<laughs> All right. What do I got? So uh, let's talk about the basic gear you should bring mm-hmm. if you're live streaming and um, what you can leave out, uh, you know, besides a webcam, perhaps there's other things you can leave out if you are doing one of those audio only services and you just want to stream the audio. Yeah. So the, I'll tell you what I take. That's and, okay. and you can you guys can just, you know, uh, judge me from that point. But the the you know, for me, um, I like to take a USB mixer. Now, you could replace that with an audio interface. So if you had a persona, PreSonus or something like that, that works just as fine. In most live settings, you're going to maybe do one or two. I like to sit at a table and set up two microphones, one for me, one for the guest. If we have two guests, they share the microphone. It's not hard. I also take these arms, these, you know, these microphone arms with me and and bolt them onto the table because you then you can move those mics around to get them just positioned perfectly for your guest. By the way, so let's just talk about this for a second. Audio interface or mixer to be able to get this done, 100 bucks. So not not going to break the bank. I use an Alesis Multimix 4 USB. You want to make sure it's USB and I'll tell you why here in a second. Audio, the, pre, the PreSonus audio interface, maybe even a little bit cheaper. I think those are uh, 85, 90, I don't know. Don't, don't spend more than a hundred bucks to get that done. You can get them locally or online, right? Either way. Then these microphones that I, uh, Ross is using a different one, but I have an ATR 2100. You can use the AT2005, same exact mic. These are some of the best conference microphones I've ever used. They're versatile. You can use them in a studio like I have here. You can use them outside. You can put a windscreen on them. You can cover them, pop filter. They go USB. They go XLR. Like they are great microphones. Uh, The field on these, because they're so gain hungry, in other words, you got to push a lot of gain to make them work. The sound field on these is only about this big, Mm -hmm. right? And so you've got people chatting across the table loudly guess what? You barely hear them, right? right? And you don't have to do any kind of gates or any kind of that crazy stuff to get it done. The microphone just does it for you, right? So I go XLR. I'm a big fan of XLR. That's the big one in the back here that goes <laughs> has those three little, three little <laughs> plugs on it. And I like to go into my mixer XLR and then that USB into a laptop. That's all I need at this point. Connect the laptop into the wired connection. Let's just say it's going to be wired in this case. Plug mm-hmm. that thing in. I take my headphones and I plug them into the mixer so I can hear the mix. Mm-hmm. I don't wear cans. I just wear earbuds so I can hear. I don't make my guests deal with headphones or like they can hear me, right? I'm talking to them. They can hear me. They don't need to hear the mix. Mm-hmm. I need to hear the mix to make sure they're on the microphone, right? That's that's one of the things. You can literally get it done. And I think all that equipment, two microphones, those are even if you paid full price, 150 for both uh, together. A hundred for the, for the, for the mixer, you're in there 250, right? And, and you have basically everything you, hopefully you have a laptop already. <laughs> right. One of the other tricks that I do while I'm there is I love to run out of the, the, the audio or the video port to a monitor. And then I get a big, cheap monitor, TV, whatever I can get my hands on, right? <laughs> right. Put it on the T, put it on the, the table and face it towards the public. And then I mirror what I'm, I'm mirroring what we're doing live streaming. Now they can't hear me and it doesn't matter. The, we, we put up these big lights when we go to, I get these cowboy studio, $75 light kit, right? Super cheap. Guarantee it will break the first time you drop it. Totally cheap. Right. <laughs> but we put up these lights. Are they for lighting? Uh, maybe a little bit. These conferences usually have pretty poor lighting, right? But yeah. you know what they do to your booth? They light up your booth and all of a sudden people are walking by and they slow down just a second. Like they look, you know, like, 
What the heck oh, is going these on guys over are, there? Right? These guys are doing some serious stuff. They this got is the fancy. monitor and the lights. Jim, yeah. I did that too. I had that uh, did video at Social Media Day Denver last year, and I just got like an IKEA like a lamp uh, floor lamp that has three cans on it. And I just had that to f- kind of fill the light. And I totally had that effect too, where people were like, what's happening over here? She's got a microphone and there's a thing going on. But you're right. It's creating that public perception that something important's going down. Yeah. And well, you've, I, these are real popular. They were maybe a couple of years ago. Those light stands that have maybe five like mm-hmm. snaking lights on yeah. them. Yeah. And they go yeah. like this. Br- that, what, 35 bucks? Right. Make sure you get, this is where you need to not put incandescence or even fluorescence mm-hmm. in, but get some really bright uh, LED lights. Yep. And they'll be a little little pricey. The lights might cost you more than the, than the, the, the rig. But then <laughs> take all five of those lights and just point them at you. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, it creates this, it, it does, Rachel. It creates it's true. this, yeah, this really cool kind of like, what the heck's going on over there? It's more for us because we, we didn't go to the conferences to podcast. That was just the mm-hmm. mode to get people to look at our booth. And right. then we had materials. I had a, one of my, one of my partners was out there as people would slow down. She'd be like, Hey, you want to, here's a list of all the guests that we're doing. And here's the website where these live interviews are going to be. And it's bonus content for the conference. So you're going to want to listen to it. Right. And so that was, that was the key, right? That's what we were trying to do. So any conference that doesn't have somebody and hasn't, doesn't have a live stream package that they're selling or whatever would be thrilled to provide you if all they have to do is provide you with a, you know, a, a line in to your computer to to for the for the uh, internet and a table and and mm-hmm. a couple of chairs. What 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 event is going to turn down doing that, right? If if you're going to be basically telling everybody who's not at the event, here's how good it is. Here's who we have here. Uh, yeah. Maybe you maybe you want to buy now for next year, or, <laughs> right? You know. Well, yeah. And what I said to them, we negotiated the price down based on we're going to provide you some from some bonus content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it was one of those situations. We said, hey, give us a break on the price. We'll turn over the video files if that's what you want, whatever you want. Um, we'll do co-branding, whatever. Yeah. Right? And it, so it was a good deal for them. It was a good deal for us. And really gave us the, the first year I did it, I tried to do this combination Gallup and the average guy.tv. And because I was trying to get max, like, you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was totally stupid, by the way. So <laughs> I just, it was a Gallup event. So I just kind of wiped out all of my own branding and said, no, no, no. These are, this is part of the Gallup podcast infrastructure and what we're doing. Right. Um, but I would, I, I think, um, I, I haven't done this yet, but it, I think if I wanted to go out and advertise the average guy.tv, I would just look for tech conferences and then, and then, you know, spin a deal with them and say, Hey, look, I'll be your media content Yeah. for in podcasters are pretty good MCs too, usually. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've also offered if you ever like, I will host these podcasts and I'll be your stage guy if you nice. need one. Right. 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 You know, and they've, they haven't taken me up on that, but that's another way of getting exposure. Right? Worst thing they'll say is no. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mike Swaim had a question too. Can you recap what kind of USB mixer um, that you use? Yeah, there's two that I like. So the inexpensive one is the Lesis. L-E, I'm sorry, A-L-E-S-I-S. I like the Multimix 4. I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. It has a whole kit, 109 bucks for nice. cables and stands. And you don't need all that stuff. Just get the mixer. I think it's 79. 
if you go with that. Make sure it's the USB one, right? Mm -hmm. It has to say USB on it. Yeah. Or Mackie makes a, uh, I think, a Pro FX4, I think is what it is, or FX4 Pro or something like that. And Mackie, you're going to pay twice as much, but they're twice as durable. And so if you're going to be doing this a lot, I totally recommend the Maxi, the Mackie line, any, any kind of, you're going to, you're going to drop that thing. It's going to get run over. <laughs> right. You're, you're gonna, right. Anytime you take something out, you're going to drop it off the table. The typical mixer, not very well protected, but Mackie's got some, uh, some good mojo. Um, how much of a beating does your gear take? I mean, do you take your good, your good boom arm that you have there? Or do you take like, uh, you know, a cheaper one or, you know, this is my road. Like I have a, one of those $13 newer arms. Yeah. That that's what you take Ross. This. Yeah. No, so I, got, I got the road one, but I'm no. afraid like if I take that, I, it won't come yeah. back in. The <laughs> Leave your expensive equipment at home and really just mm -hmm. buy cheap. Those newer arms. Perfect for this, yeah. right? And that way, if you need to leave them, like some multi-day conferences, like I don't want to take the stuff down. Yeah. So I have no issues leaving a newer arm. In fact, it's so bad, I might come back and there's two of them. Like someone's returned <laughs> one to <laughs> They're like, oh, right? God. They're, they're that bad. But you know what? The, it, for a conference, you're not, you're going to move that thing twice. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it, it works just as great. It looks just as good to spend $15 on an arm that you take. Now, Ross, I'm taking down, like I'm taking down the mixer. I'm taking my laptop down with me, mm -hmm. like the expensive things, the cameras, I'm taking those down uh, at night um, and taking with oh, yeah. me. some of the other things, you know, the microphones, cables and stuff, it all stays on the table. So you don't need mm -hmm. to buy expensive for, for th those kinds of, but I keep all the boxes. I keep all the packaging that Smart. came with it. And it gets packed back up exactly like I got it when it was new every single time. And that Multimix 4, I think it's four or five years old now. Wow. And you pull it out of the box and it basically looks new. I mean, I it, it's got bubble wrap and I slide <laughs> it in and like I, I've had no problem. So if you take care of your stuff, mm -hmm. it, it should last you pretty well. How about cameras? You mentioned cameras and uh, I, I know they can make a big difference. You know, obviously you can on the fly uh, use your laptop camera. Uh, it seems to me that like a smartphone camera is better than that, but then even better is a dedicated like a web camera, an external one. So can you touch a little bit on, on your preferred cameras? Yeah, I think for the average guy right in the middle of the road, a Logitech C920, those have been the industry standard forever. They're great. They're great cameras. Uh, they're 60 bucks right now at Best Buy full price. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, it's like, hey, if you're not taking advantage of this, they they were 110 at one point in time and 79 was a great deal, right? And you can get it for 60, 65, right? Full price. So if you don't have a camera, average guy camera is that. Chances are, though, you might have a really nice video camera that's got like HDMI out. Mm. You can actually turn those with a little adapter, uh, tech, star tech makes an HDMI to USB that turns that thing into a webcam. Nice. And I'd have to look that up. You guys can too. It's been a couple, it's been a while since I bought one. I've got one in my bag. And if I want to go with a nice upgrade, now that'll take a $10,000 camera and wow, make yeah. it a webcam. If that's nice. what you want to do. It'll take a thousand dollar camera, and make it a webcam. It'll take a $300 camera, right? It doesn't matter. So if you got a great camera and you got a tripod, by the way, those C920s have a little camera mount on the bottom. Mm -hmm. I always recommend do not put those things on your laptop when you're out doing conference stuff. Get yourself a little, go to Walmart or whatever, Amazon, pick up a little $30 tripod. 
Like you don't, and not one of these little crazy ones that, you know, that bend all over the place. I'm talking like a real <laughs> tripod, right? We, uh, legs that'll extend and get you about three, four, five foot high mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. Simple to use, easy. You're not going to, you're, this is, it's just going to hold your webcam. And that thing can be super f- flexible and easy for to use. You can do it half off the table by putting three of the legs down and leaving one of the legs up. You can nice. get it in a variety. Of, it just gives you more options to get that camera away from your laptop, right? So you, you can see the whole table. Nice. Yeah. Does what questions? Yeah, we're talking with Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv, someone who's done a lot of remotes and talking about how you can go live and have a successful live stream or maybe when you shouldn't go live as well we've covered that <laughs> but i'm wondering what questions you guys have what are what are some of the things that you're thinking of um if you want to go live um is there gear you have a question about is there the setup certain kinds of events um do you always do video when you go to the events or do you sometimes just do podcast style or just record for you know do you record interviews and then you know include them on a podcast later down the road well yeah yes to all those things uh, <laughs> most of the time it's video so i only default to audio if i absolutely have to i really want to do video as much as i can it's been a long time since i haven't been able to get bandwidth at a conference so <laughs> that's usually no problem um but i am man i reuse that content a couple times right so i have for the conference, it's live. It goes on. I get the conference to put it on a live page. So I have conference.com slash live. I say, just get your web guy to set that up. I'm going to send you some links, you know, in advance, YouTube embed code. I'll send those to you a couple days before, put those on the live page. That's what we're going to advertise, right? Make it super, super simple. They love that because it's a part of their conference branding then at that point. Yeah. And I tell them, put anything you want on that live page. If you want to advertise the crap out of the live page, <laughs> do it as much as you want. I don't care. Right. Just put mm-hmm. my videos on there. Um, and then, uh, so we try to go, you know, we try to use that, uh, the video just as, as much as possible for the conference. So it gets live. I give them a copy of it back. They, they get a copy, some bonus content of an MP4 with the video. I tell them in advance, I could reuse, I, I want the rights to reuse these on my Home Gadget Geeks podcast because they're mm-hmm. tech related and some of them are really good. I've actually had guests that I've had at the conference and I've invited back on the show because they were so good. Right? Another way to find great guests and kind of test them in advance. Don't mm-hmm. don't tell any of them that I, I said that. <laughs> it is a little bit best in advance, right? Yeah. Because if the conference, good or bad, doesn't really matter, <laughs> right? But right. you find the really good ones and a couple of them have become just staples in my community. Um, so I will play them into keep them as kind of that, uh, you know, that like if I, if I, a show runs short or I, I need to take a week off, I can stitch two or three of those together and just do a conference. Hey, this is the conference version of home gadget geeks, nice. three, three great interviews at, at this conference. Here they are. Right. So you can definitely, you got to get the rights and make sure you, that the conference agrees to that. But you'll um, take by multiple the, interviews and make one episode out yeah. of it. They're not Can, long enough I, to be no. one episode. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the only takedown notice I've ever had is from an interview I did at a conference when the guest said something they shouldn't have said. Oh. And then I, a couple months later, I got a takedown notice that said that's that wasn't true and that's not accurate and I need you to take it down. 
I took it down that second. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't you don't argue. Right? Yeah, yep. you're like, okay, it's, that's fine. Yeah, Thank you fine. anyway. I mean, you're really providing a lot of value at these. I'm guessing when you leave, they're they're like, you're coming back next year, or you're coming sure. back to the next one, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because yeah. you've just taken all this out of their hands by knowing every aspect of the logistics and just saying, oh, all I need is this, this, and they they probably had no idea, like how to put this together no, or they, they, did, they didn't have the time. Right? Listen, every conference organizer is overwhelmed. Yeah. Like they don't want to do this. And <laughs> so if you offer to do it for them, oftentimes and don't lead with like lead with um, free, like, Hey, you provide me a table. I will do the podcasting for free. Let's just swap nice. that. Let's yep. Start with that. Right. Not all of them will go with that, but don't, you know, don't go the reduced price first, go the free. Cause sometimes yeah. they'll just be like, yes, Go and you it. might even say, I don't even want one of your tables. I don't even want one of your prime table spots. I want the worst spot in mm -hmm. the conference. Give me a back corner. Give me whatever. Because <laughs> you don't need, you're, you're going to gather people to you. If you have every keynote and session speaker come to your booth, guess what they do? They bring their marketing people with them. They bring their, like, you don't need prime real estate. So you can say, look, you can set me up in the worst possible spot, you know. And so it's just a good way. Now, it's, what's happened is they actually put me up front now. So I don't even ask. Oh, nice. They want, right? They want me to have, I've been, they're like, oh, you're the podcast guy. And, you know, like at the conferences, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember you last year. You're the podcast guy. Great branding, right? Um, but you, so you don't need a great spot. Do you um do you ever do events that aren't at conferences like uh, anything that's like in a little less controlled environment as far as like you know because I'm thinking of people who you know are trying to maybe they'll see something happening right there or you know it's not in like an expo hall or convention center or even a hotel but it's something a little more fluid. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so I, tr I tried I tried this once it wasn't very successful but I tried it once at a I was at a running race. And we were running, it was in Kansas city and we were running in a cave. And so it was a 10, it was a 10 K in this cave that what? they use for storage. Yeah. They've hollowed out the caves and the, the caves keep a constant 54 degrees or something like that. Cause there's, there's stone. Right. And so you, anyways, there was this race. So I thought at the time I was doing this fitness tech podcast and I thought, how great would this be to just interview some of the racers? The racers didn't think that was such a great idea. They're like, you know, I would say, hey, do you have a second for a quick interview? And yeah, they were like, oh. Like, <laughs> so um, I've, I've done some of that. Um, I have done f on the floor of conferences where I'm carrying a Tascam DR7 or you could use a Zoom, you know, one of the mm -hmm. Zoom models. And I'll go to booths and just say, um, hey, do you have five minutes for your PR person to talk to me about your product? Nice. And you do those, you know, you do those kind of back and forth, Bar Bob Barker style, where you just you know, move that thing. <laughs> Nobody remembers Bob Barker. That was I do. probably I got like you. bringing up this, this you wand, the silver wand, yeah. that silver oh, wand microphone. Wand microphone. Yeah. But, um, but I've done, a, I've done quite a few of those. Um, and you get some good on the spot interviews. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what's crazy is you can like, you'll interview people late and find out later they were kind of a big deal. Yeah. And you didn't even, right. You didn't even, you weren't jonesing for it. You weren't asking for it. You just asked, could I have an interview? Well, they're not going to just put anybody out there for the interview. Right. They're going to put their best person or their CEO. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're interviewing, I'm not saying this has happened, but you might be interviewing the CEO of Sure Microphones. Right. right. Like you just don't know. 
So I know you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that um, when you are kind of grabbing people like that, I've run into this before too. I mean, obviously we're, we're all comfortable and fine with video. Not everybody is. Um, And this might drive back to where you were saying audio is a plan B, but how often are you finding that people are totally receptive to having a video interview done kind of on the flyer on that spot? It used to be really bad. In, really? In five years ago, I couldn't get five or six years ago, I couldn't get anybody on video. Mm. But selfies have changed all that. Yep. So I always say if they squawk for a second, I say, look, it's just like a long play selfie. Like, it, nice. you're, and they always kind of go, you know, I'm like, you're taking pictures of yourself all the time. <laughs> Come on. And everybody is right. And so right. when when you kind of break it down, like, let's not be ridiculous. Like you're okay with video. Let's just do this thing. <laughs> not every time. Some of them are adamant. No, I do not want to be on video. And you respect, you know, when you get sure. that, get that serious look, right, like, right, right. Then you just go, okay, that's cool. But sometimes <laughs> you were just on stage and people were <laughs> taking pictures of you from the most unflattering angles. <laughs> you're like, they I'm going to make you look good. <laughs> they were videoing you taking quotes out of context and right? to yeah. uh, hundred thousand followers on the internet. This is, this, this is like no lose, right? You're going to, you're going to be fine. Usually we get going. Um, uh, sometimes depends on the situation. I'll run, start the camera and then I'll just ask him a few lame questions, you know, that just, Hey, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about yourself. And, and I'll kind of act like we're not recording. And then at one point I'll just start the, I'll start the questions. Like, mm-hmm. let's not make this, Hey, we're live from whatever. Just start asking the questions. And yeah. I've had him say to me, are we like, are we, you know, are we done? Like when I say we're done, like, Oh, you recorded this. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, no, it, <laughs> everything. Okay. Like with that. And, you just got to get them to not realize mm-hmm. they're they're you know, cause they get really subconscious and yeah. uh, now that can backfire. I've had someone who thought we were off the record and we were on Ooh, and yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, no, I'll delete. I'm sorry. I'll delete all that. If that's, <laughs> so you, have to, you, you have to be careful there. The point is you got to do what it takes to get people comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so talk to them a little bit and don't, don't just, if you can, when I invite these, when I do these, conference interviews. I do them in 30 minute blocks, but I only schedule the interview for 15. So I have, I know I got plenty of time. So I come and have them sit down and I say, Hey, let's talk about a few things. Cause I haven't interviewed them in advance. Let's mm-hmm. talk about a few things you want to talk about. Tell me the most important things to you. Yeah. And they'll list out a few things and I take some notes and then I, I repeat it back to them. This is what I heard you say. Here's some cool things that I think nice. we could go. Once I've done that and they know I've heard them, I have every interview is a great interview at that point. I have never had anybody once they know I've heard them, mm-hmm. they're great. And so spend a little bit of time, at least getting a, to know what they need to say. Then don't ever say, well, when we were talking a second ago, like never say that on the actual interview. <laughs> I say that sometimes on the show. I'm like, we were talking offline. I know before, before the show, hey, <laughs> it, it's just better. It makes you sound super smart. If you just don't say that. Now, this these are such good pointers. We're to kind of gravitating to the talent part. You know, you got the tech that we talked about. But um, what are your pointers for people who would like to achieve your level of hosting and interviewing and being, you know, being that MC-like kind of person that can do the videos there on the fly, can make the guests comfortable, can really interview anyone in any space? Uh, what would you say would be some good ways to, to achieve that, that level? So 
on on uh, the average guy TV, I've probably done almost seven hundred podcasts. At work, oh. I've probably done four, maybe five hundred. I've done two hundred with Dave Jackson. I did three hundred at HomeServerShow.com. It's called practice. Like yeah. you only get better at this by just doing it. Right. Wow, and, I feel bad now. I like way undercut your numbers. I just focused <laughs> on two shows. No, I'm, I do three a week at Gallup sometimes. I know you do a lot more. I have uh, no, <laughs> the numbers in front you, of me. <laughs> you just get better. And don't worry about it, Ross. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, and I normally don't say, like, I don't, I, I say those numbers to make a point. It's not sure. to say I'm a great podcaster. It's just if you did something 1,500 times, you'd be pretty good at it too. Like throw a baseball 1500 times, you get pretty good at throwing the baseball. So I always tell people like there's, you can't cheat practice. You just have to do it. And so Mm -hmm. it is for six, seven, eight years, however long I've been doing this thing, it's just being willing. And it's a, it's a lot of hard work. Like if you're, if you think this is just going to come and it's going to be easy and you're going to do this on two hours a week, I have dedicated thousands of hours to making mistakes so that I could get better. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good point. Right. Um, well, in watching, that's something I think so many of us don't feel like we have the time to do, um, you know, where you just need to go watch yourself or right. listen to yourself. Um, I, when I started our family's podcast or even like some other podcasts that I've tried to do too, where I listen back to the recording and that's when I start hearing myself go, my, my worst things where I start going to Kato, I'm like, in, 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 in it, like I'm a machine gun going off. I'm like, what just happened there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And realizing that something that I can work on to, you know, work on the pauses, work on my segue words and things like that. But you only know that when you hear yourself back or watch yourself back and it really is worth an investment. So with all that practice, realizing how you sound and right. how you want to sound and yeah. also how you want to appear on camera. It's, I, I can't tell you how important it is to listen to yourself do this. Mm-hmm. Like, Rachel, what you just said is so important. And actually, my friends at work make fun of me for doing this because they're like, oh, you like to listen to yourself. And I'm like, do you <laughs> really think I'm doing that because I like it? Like, and they're like, oh, no, I get it. But um, I listen to, you know, I've done these 200 episodes with Dave Jackson on Aston Podcast Coach on Saturday mornings. I still listen to every single one of those shows mm-hmm. that we do together because mm-hmm. I want to get better. Yeah. And so Fridays is my, is my ask the podcast coach day. And I listen to it. I could be listening to another podcast, but I want to get better. I want to hear, yeah. okay, how did I sound? How did I do that? How was the inflection? Mm-hmm. Am I stuttering? Am I saying, um, too much? Am I saying the same things too much? What's my cadence? How did I, did I, am I interrupting someone? Right. I'm really bad at that. And so it's just as a reminder, it's just something you're in the car. I can listen to it. And I figure if I can listen to it and smile, I'm saying the right things. That's right. If I'm smiling when we're done, okay, that was pretty good. And uh, because I'm super critical, like I review everything and, and I, I go over every interview, I'll, like this interview, I will think about for the next two hours and like mm. say the right things. Was I an idiot? <laughs> Should I have not used ICQ? Is that a We're bad not joke? taking this video down. So just so you know, don't oh, come back to us asking. Wait a minute. I, should, I shouldn't have said that. Be like, well, that's just tough, buddy. It's uh, staying I, up. I just didn't know we were live. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everyone believes it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, Wade says in chat room, he says, thanks for sharing uh, that. I need more practice, but I really don't like listening to my old shows. Your old shows are super painful. They are. Oh, yeah. Now, 
if it's two years ago, there's no need to listen to it. You've changed in two years. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is the show you did two weeks ago, not two years ago. Two weeks ago, give it a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Don't do it right after. Give it, a, give it a couple days, then go back and listen to what you're doing and take notes. How could I get better? So two years ago, yeah, listen, even my stuff in the very beginning is cringeworthy. You're like, oh God, <laughs> what was I thinking? And it's always going to be that way, by the way. It's never yeah. going to be good. Uh, on Ask the Podcast Coach, I say this all the time. Take your first, if you're new to podcasting or new to live streaming, take, do 10 of these, then throw them away, burn them, bury them, erase the hard drive, put a nail in it, anything it takes to get rid of them. They're awful. They're never going to be good. You're never going to like them. So get all those out of the way to where you feel comfortable. Then let those be your first shows. I like that. It's great stuff. What's the one thing you've learned um, recently? I mean, you've been doing obviously a ton of stuff, but what's something that you picked up as a, as an experienced podcaster and live streamer, that maybe you've added to your repertoire in the last year or, or some aspect of it that you've said, wow, I can't believe I didn't know this before, but this makes a difference. Cause I mean, we're all always learning. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think we're always adding things along the way, no matter how much we do mm -hmm. shows and we realize something's easier. Like I'm, I'm going to take your, don't do the intro thing. I think that's brilliant. Because the intro is always yeah. awkward when you're in person with somebody yeah. and you're sitting there face to face and you're having a small talk. And then you go into like your formal intro and the person's sort of looking at you like, what am I supposed to do now? Or, oh, the show's on and they get like a little <laughs> nervous. And it's like, you know what? It sounds much better because I, I always go home and I record it. I record the intro part anyway. Right. Right. So why am I do, trying it there where it's going to sound weird and awkward yeah. with people talking and standing around like. <laughs> well, and here's, here's so a that's, trick. I, I'm taking that with you from you yeah. to the next event I go. To. <laughs> here's a trick, Ross. If it record the intro at the end, because mm -hmm. that's when you're the most comfortable. And so get the conversation going. Just don't, just don't record one. And then you say, Hey, it's been great having you. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And they say, yeah, thanks for having me. And you say, okay, I tell you what, let's take, let's take two minutes. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to record the intro right now. Your guest is a million times more comfortable at that. They point. are. They're so and much better. Say, just pretend this is the beginning. Like, and I'll say, <laughs> Hey, I'm here with Bob Jones and we're here at the live tech conference and Bob's got some things we're going to talk about. And by the way, you know exactly what you're going to talk about in your intro. You ever done that intro? And, and then it, the, the interview oh, is nothing yes. like, like, like goes that way. This is the, like the best secret in like, you know, the intro now don't give it away. Like, don't say this is the second time we're doing this at the end. Right. <laughs> don't cause your audience doesn't know that. Right. Just do the intro. And then we're going to talk about this and this and this and this, Bob, thanks for coming on, Bob. How are you? And he says, great. Thanks for having me. The guest will know exactly what to say too. And then right? you cut right there. Cut it and add the thing in. It's so, it works so well. It's a great um, idea. You're going to use it again. So um, it, just record that thing at the end. Um, what I've learned, I talk too much. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I still, when I'm the interviewee uh, or when I'm, when I'm the one doing the interview, right? When I'm the host, I still spend too much time trying to convince the audience of how smart I am. <laughs> and that's not why they're listening. Like they came on for the guest. And so I, I need to continue to work on asking better, more succinct questions. 
Like, how do I get to this question just as fast as I can? I am notorious for asking the same question twice. Mm. You know, I'll say this and I'll, I, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. What do you think about this? But then let me explain it to you more because for whatever reason, you didn't understand it the first time. Right? <laughs> um, I'm notorious at that. And, and I just, I need to get better at just mm. being straight to the point. Tell me what you think. And then make sure you listen. Like I can do not be, especially if you're in an editing situation because, and then tell your guests in advance, there may be a few moments where it's going to be quiet. Don't panic. Like don't you panic. I'm gaining, I'm listening to you. And then I need to gather my thoughts for a minute. We're going to edit that part out, but um, I, I need you not to jump in there because sometimes guests will get uncomfortable in silence. Then they'll start their answer again. Mm-hmm. And you, actually, and sometimes that's not bad to be honest. So just let them run. If they start again, let them run. <laughs> but it's, it is one of those things. I need to do a better job of listening when I'm, when I, when I've asked a question, I need to listen to the real answer. Mm. Really good stuff. Yeah. Well, well this is fantastic, wow. Jim. Thank you so much. Um, I, I've learned so many, so many I new know. tips. I, I, I don't know if you saw, but I posted a quote from, I think it was from when you were doing Ask the Podcast Coach about three, maybe three years ago, about how you write your show notes ahead of time, which is so, another one of these tips you come up with that I don't think anybody probably thought of or wrote in a book on how to do podcasting or broadcasting. But it's just brilliant because when you write them ahead of time, you're excited about the show. When you write them after, you're like, Oh, I just want to go to sleep now. I'm tired. Right? <laughs> like, What's next? I got new content to create. I got it, new things. Yeah. To get. <laughs> it keeps you focused. And, you know, I, I've, I can't tell you how many podcasts I've listened to where the first 15 minutes are the host and the co-host trying to get comfortable with each other because yeah. they really don't know where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And um, we did it. I just did a show last night. I have this show called Cyber Frontiers that I do every other week with a buddy of mine out in Maryland. And, um, uh, he puts the show notes together for me. And during the show, we use Google Docs, so you can share mm-hmm. those right live. And during the show, he had four points, and I got out of order because I one I didn't like his I didn't like his order. And then <laughs> two, uh, the the conversation was flowing differently, and so in real time, I was changing the notes while he was talking. So I was asking him questions, and then he would go, and I was going in and changing the notes mm-hmm. to make it to make it match. By the way, when you're done with your show. Your show notes are written for you. Like yeah. that is so great. <laughs> it's really so nice. freeing. I can tell you. Listen, I don't. I don't. Ross, I appreciate you uh, saying I do pre notes for every show, but I don't. There are some shows I'm like, I got one thing. We're gonna wing it, right? The, <laughs> the show notes for those are so hard to write, and I I dread them at the end, and I don't do as good of a job. So if you can get in there and start, and I start early now. I start the week before. I make a template with the show. Anytime I have a thought, I can access it on my phone or I can go on my computer. I put those notes in there. I go down, I refine them during the week. Mm-hmm. Man, your show notes are done Nice when, when you get to the show. So it is, I, I, I need to practice it more than I preach. I don't do it every time, but when I do it, I am like, yes, I am so smart. <laughs> you are done, smart. You well, are smart. Really, and really, it's been great to have that. you on the show thank with you. all the smartness. So thank you. Thanks thank for you. having me. It's been great hanging out with you guys tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jim. Home Gadget Geek, Cyber Frontiers, Ask the Podcast Coach. Check it all out at uh, 
The Average Guy TV. The Average That's Guy right. TV. Jim Collison. Thank you so much for joining us. He also does podcasting, live streaming from events, of course, which was today's topic. If you didn't get a chance to catch it all, definitely go back. There's so many good tips. He also so does many. live streaming and podcasting for Gallup, bringing it into the enterprise, a pioneer in doing that. So thank you again, Jim Collison. Rachel, it's been fun. Wow, that was a fast. I know. I, fe I feel smarter. I hope you guys feel smarter. If you feel, feel smarter, smarter, tell us in the comments, because I feel way smarter now. <laughs> and now, of course, everybody's going to be like, well, are your live streams going to get better? Because that's what we want to know. Uh, yeah, so. not, now we got a lot of pressure to implement next week. I know. It's hard to be smarter. We're all going to do it well, though. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, Sounds Ross, good. it's been great, dude. It's been fun. We will see you all back next week, 8 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Be Live TV Facebook page. Have a great night, everybody. Bye, y'all.